is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another very special episode of the Burnout Brighter Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'll be your host for this evening's events. I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Destiny. How do you, do you not know whose name you're going to say before you say it? Words happen, and so does the hand placement, and sometimes they don't line up entirely. So, Destiny! Hi, everybody. <laughs> and my wonderful co-host, Darren. Hello. And this week, we are joined by the personification of a triple-A banger, part of acquisition season. We have the baddest bit from PlayStation, the trophy room himself. Joe, thanks for coming on. Thank you, thank you. I don't know about all those banned words you just said, but <laughs> I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I actually saw you tweet out a few days ago being like, none of these more, none of these words are allowed to be spoken anymore. I was no. like, okay, I'm going to remember this for later because uh, <laughs> we're having him on in a couple of days. Yeah, no, it is. Okay, so honestly, I hate those words because they're just overused. Like, <gasps> banger is such an easy word to just throw out there. That means nothing that we've put some type of weird association into it to make a sound. No, <laughs> no, I don't like that. So it's a, it's, it, it's just like, it's just a cheap get out of jail free card to describe something and trying to sound relevant at the same time. Whereas acquisition season is a tired phrase. <laughs> what does that mean? It's not duck season or rabbit okay, but season. What, what do you, what do you say if you want to say something's like good, but you don't want to say good. It's excellent. Great. If you don't want to say, those are such boring ass words that we've been saying for the longest time. Like people want to like spice it up a little bit. This game tickles Just... my pickle. There you go. I don't think you should say no. that either. For <laughs> and here's the thing too. And people don't think about the, the, the UK viewers out there. They're like bangers over in the UK have a way different meaning. That's true. Than they have over here. Yeah. Mushrooms. So, some would think a lot cooler, but nonetheless, like it's just, it's just like, it's just a word. Everybody uses it's like, you're not escaping the fact that we're getting older here, guys. I thought it was mm-hmm. like, because people used to headbang to music. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I've only heard that in terms of music. Like that's a banger. It's, it's quickly seeping into yeah. gamer vernacular. It's, it's something uh, it's a lot of, like, this game is stopped. a banger. Yeah. I'm loving this conversation I knew, I knew- so much. Because, Joe, you don't know how often Matt uses the word banger. I think it's like every other word that comes out of his mouth. I don't use banger that much. He uses stoked a lot. I use stoked I a lot. I hate yeah. that fucking Amped. word. Yeah those, <laughs> yeah, those I use a lot. I don't think I use banger that much, Darren. Maybe okay. in just normal speech. I don't think you use it to describe anything. I just feel like banger is the dubstep of vernacular we just need to (laughs) get it out of our systems and be done with it fair enough well then joe if somebody doesn't know who you are can you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the wonderful podcast that you come from the trophy room yeah so i'm the host of the trophy room a playstation podcast uh where each and every thursday me and my best friend kyle talk about the latest the greatest and all things playstation uh you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify google play we got the video version over on youtube as well and it is all born out of this idea that there's a whole lot of i guess platform centric shows that really just should be talking about playstation but end up talking about xbox 
It's a lot of Xbox shows. It should be talking about Xbox, but I end up talking about PlayStation. And we just want a show that focuses on the ecosystem and focuses mm-hmm. on the communities and celebrating the devs and the games that are made in the PlayStation ecosystem while also taking a critical lens to the company itself and really only trying to bring in the, you know, comparisons to Xbox or let's just say Nintendo when absolutely need be. It's an mm-hmm. awesome community that we've made over there. Some of the most welcoming folks, some of the most diverse folks on the internet. It's just a whole lot of fun um, making that show each and every week and sitting down with my, my best friend, Kyle and talking about PlayStation and escaping what is, just the worst state of the world right now each (laughs) and every thursday it it generally it it generally just makes me so happy to do each and every week so that's the trophy room in a nutshell so it's a fantastic show you guys make really really awesome content i love listening to you and i mean um it's it's just so awesome seeing how you guys have been growing and just like kicking ass and taking names for the last little while so congratulations and very very quickly uh do people just search for the trophy room how do people find you yeah so you can find us uh, we're usually on apple and on spotify that's our main target demographic but you can again find us on youtube at the trophy room a playstation podcast just type in playstation we're, we're gonna be on the front row somewhere and uh yeah it's again uh rate us five stars it really does help us out and it's a it's a banger of a show <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm gonna make sure to clip that and send that to kyle i'm sure he'll be very very happy yeah uh, him and awesome dave in the community will be ecstatic <laughs> <laughs> so be- before we get any further on into kind of the main topic of what's new uh, i always like to ask about a game that matters to someone everyone ever do guest song we always talk about a game that is important to them a game that got them through a crappy mental health period a game that they feel should be celebrated so can i ask mm. you joe about a game that matters to you um, it's a great question. And a lot of them come to my mind for a lot of various reasons, but one sticks out and one's very recent to one I champion constantly, uh, which is Ghost of Tsushima because Interesting. playing that game, look, 2020 was a rough year for a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. 2021, hopefully it's getting easier for some folks, but 2020 was a, a year we needed to escape and ghosts really provided that that break of just like i'm in this world and nothing else matters this Mm -hmm. world is lush beautiful it's green it's it's just vibrant and i'm running around i'm being a cool ninja one minute i'm petting a fox the next (laughs) following a cute bird i'm going to the spa like it's just there's just so much about ghosts that I absolutely adore and going back to it um, with the director's cut, I felt giddy going back into that world. Like I was like, Oh, I'm back here revisiting what seems like home. It's like mm-hmm. when you, when you graduated high school and then you come back like after the summer, you're like, look at this. I'm, I'm an adult now. Hey, <laughs> under, under, you know, classmen or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's what it kind of gave me the feelings of. So ghost is, is one of those games that hit at my my core for escapism. One that I always go to is God of War, which gets some criticism because it's like, eh, it's just a cis dude simulator. I don't, you know, I get it. You didn't like your dad, that type of criticism. And for me, it's, it's something more to that. Um, so like 
I am Hispanic. I'm part Puerto Rican, part Spaniard. My father comes from Spain. And there's so many correlations between Kratos and Atreus that I see in my father and how I've acted towards him um, when I was growing up. One of the scenes that hits for me is where Kratos opens up the scroll and he asks Atreus to read it because he can't read Norse. And I remember six years old reading a manual to my father because he couldn't read English. And it was those moments that encapsulated almost like a, like a window Mm -hmm. uh, through my younger self and going, Oh my God, there's just so many parallels. There's so many moments where I felt like Corey was in the room (laughs) watching me (laughs) and my father go at each other. Um, and just like writing it down on paper of like father, not connecting with son exhibit <laughs> a volume two. Yeah. Um, and then also seeing where, what a father would do for their son, even though they don't get along. And that definitely hit and struck a nerve for me. So God of war is easily one of those that, um, you know, I remember, having an argument with my father because he was very stoic this one time during my grandpa's passing. And he just said something in the way of, of we grieve differently and you have to understand that. And there's a scene mm-hmm. in God of war where it's literally the same argument that I had with my father. And it really made me appreciate not just those characters more, but my father more. Mm-hmm. And so though I get the, the little critiques, I think for me, it resonated so, so deeply into my soul. So those are the two games. That was a beautiful answer on both on yeah. both halves. That was incredible. Yeah. Also, I throw an axe, it comes back to me, and I think that's cool. <laughs> exactly, right? That that feeling of it just kind of snapping back to your hand, so satisfying. Yeah. Oh, so good. Oh, Joe, thank you so much for talking about a couple of games that matter to you because oh, I love this part every time we have a new guest on because it's kind of like I have, I never know. I never know where they're going to go or what the journey they're going to take us on, but that was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, because I mean, especially with Let- God of War, like you watch it or you play it and you can tell like how much they care about the father-son story. So it's so good and interesting to hear someone who could like share that experience. The power of video yeah. games. It just, it, it gets me. Beautiful medium. Yeah. <laughs> that it does. All right, guys, let's hop over into some what's new. Destiny, I'm going to start with you. What's new? What's been going on? What you've been doing? Don't start with me. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, I'm going to start with you. What's new? What you been doing? What's going on? I, I, so I, I do try my best to try and play new things. Uh, and I was thinking <laughs> it's like Matt can already tell where this is going. I think Destiny can already tell where this yep. is going as well. Um, I, it's been, I've been really, really busy because uh, I'm back in school now. And for some reason, being busy makes me want to play Final Fantasy 14 when this is the kind of game that you don't like, it, it sucks your life and you don't have time to do other things. But I think it's just maybe like the familiarity of the world. And I just like being in the world. It's kind of like a nice escape from my responsibilities i'm i'm being healthy like i'm still getting my work done i'm not letting it suck mm-hmm. me in too much you protect uh, too much i think i <laughs> <laughs> that that i think for i think what you just said could sum up my entire life destiny uh that that's too true um 
what I've been doing right now in Final Fantasy 14 is I've been leveling a new job. I've been playing ninja, uh, which is I usually nice. like to play healers. I like to play uh, like kind of ranged magical people. So I never tried to play like a, a more up close and personal class. So I'm like, I'm tired at the end of the day. What do I want to do? Let's do some mindless grinding. Let's kill some mobs. Let's just like try out this new class and like go through the the be a beginner again because I've been level eighty for like mm-hmm. quite some time. And yeah, it's just it's it's kind of relaxing. It's just nice to grind a job after my job. How how you how you feeling <laughs> being up close and personal now? Does that, it's does weird. that change things a lot for you? It does. It's yeah. just weird. It's weird. It's it's. I, I feel like a lot more responsibility to do well because I kill the enemies the mm-hmm. fastest on my team or I'm supposed to. Um, and right. it's a lot, it, and it's a lot more complicated than healer. I'm because healer, you're like just focused on keeping the party alive. Obviously you're dealing damage at the same time, but having a job that's entirely mm-hmm. just based around killing things. I'm like, there are so many buttons that just kill things. I'm getting confused what button do i press in what order oh my god uh and but yeah i don't know it's fun it's fun being like a newbie again joe have you had much experience with final fantasy 14 have you have you dipped your toes into that mythical pool of water years years ago i used just just a little bit and i was just like what's a job i i don't want two of them yet let alone three of them <laughs> i'm good i was addicted though to for the longest time to world of warcraft so oh, if yeah. you have any like you know, Wrath of the Lich King rogue questions or Shadow Priest questions, I'm here for you. <laughs> but other than that, or like Cataclysm Mage questions, I'm, I'm also there for you. But It seems, no, it no, seems no like Final a lot Fantasy of your World of Warcraft fa- friends are coming to Final Fantasy fourteen now. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> I saw that cinematic. And it's just being away from this game for years at this point. I know where the story has been headed and I have not liked it. Um, <laughs> and seeing the latest cinematic, I literally, I cringed. Oh, <laughs> what they do to some of these characters just to try to make a story work is oof, the acrobats, man. Really? Sorry. Yeah. Don't want uh, to yeah. bring back bad memories. What are they doing <laughs> to Sylvanas? What are they doing to her? Come on. Worst. Shouldn't be doing that to Sylvanas of all people. Yeah. Joe, what about you? What's new? What's been going on? What have you been playing? What have you been watching? What's been going on? Man, oh man. I've been playing this little game called Deathloop. I don't know if nice. you ever heard of it. Yeah, um, I think I have. Dude, this game's been on my radar for a minute. And yes, it's been shown way too much, but it is so freaking good. And, you know, on the trophy room, I talked a lot about the mechanics of it. So you should check it out. Um, it's literally our latest episode. But mm-hmm. I, what I will say here is. The characters. That's what mm-hmm. I really want to talk about. Because Colt and Juliana are some of the it's some of the best voice acting I've seen in a video or heard in a video game. Yeah. Just ever. The chemistry between these two actors is phenomenal. And I forget who said this, but it it's it's awesome to see two black leads and the story is not about them being black. They just happen to be black. And seeing their personalities on screen, it's it's just so it's just so special because you know my my family um, is is also mixed, so I see a lot of Colt and Juliana and some of my aunts and uncles, and mm-hmm. so for me, it's just it, it's just such an 
awesome seventies vibe. And growing up where like my, my mother and father loved the seventies aesthetic, the music and mm-hmm. culture. And they, they taught, they, they showed me all, all like the disco music and all that jazz. And I fell in love with it. And so seeing that personified through this game is just something so special. Again, Colt sells you in the first five <laughs> minutes of this game that he is this dude stuck on an island and yeah. he's the coolest freaking dude ever. I'm sold immediately on Juliana's plot for revenge. I don't know why she's so angry. I want to know why she's like this and, and who caused it to her. I want to know their relationship and why it's so damaged. And it just does such a great job of explaining it to you. in just such a, just a, a different way that only video games can that make this game so special, just on a narrative level and so real on a script or dialogue level. Again, yeah. I, I, I can't, I can't speak of how much I love the dialogue on this game so freaking much. So that's what I've been playing. I'm at 81% on my road to the platinum, but I have run into a bugged trophy. No way. I don't know if it's bugged bug or like I made a mistake and I haven't noticed it, but like it's a bug that takes 10 or 15 minutes to replicate. So for me, I'm like, do I want to try this two or three other times and maybe get it right? Or do I want to just let this go and get a symbolic platinum, which is what I do. If I can't, if I find a a glitched trophy, what I literally do is I go onto the PlayStation storefront. I buy one of those like one or two like dollar cheap trophies and I get them that way. (laughs) This was the death loop trophy. But it was Iron actually this. whatever else. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I agree. Deathloop is fantastic. The voice acting is incredible. I love how much they swear, which is maybe just like the, the you know, adolescent part of me that's being like, fuck yeah, keep fucking swearing. Let's fucking go. It's just, they're just, it's their interactions and the writing and their banter is just so much fun to listen to. Real talk, no one says motherfucker better like, or else, there's only one person that says motherfucker better than Colt, and that's Samuel L. Jackson. Right. Like, Colt, <laughs> when he says it, there's just like a umph to there's it. A like, there's a wall to it. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's so great. I hope I hope we see him in more stuff because he, his, I again, his performance is stellar. It's, it's just phenomenal. Fantastic. Yeah, him yeah. and Juliana are both incredible. There's so much fun to listen to. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, quickly before we move off Deathloop, how have you messed around with Juliana's side much? How how do you like the invasion system? <laughs> I've only failed, I think, once or twice. And Damn. God bless all the Julianas that have tried to mess with me on my way. Um, because they just guys, come on. You're messing <laughs> with the best here. All right. Whoa. I had one I had one of the <laughs> one of the Bethesda people take me out, but I was like, I'm gonna learn from this. And that's never happening again. So wow. come at me. Well, if yeah. someone's going to beat you, it better be it's... the dev team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it better be their PR that takes me out. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I had a I had a Juliana invasion on like my last loop in the last section of the last loop. And yeah. I was just stressed to no end. I was like, oh my God, if I die here, like I'm screwed. It's all the way back to the beginning. And I, I edged out a win barely only because... Juliana accidentally fell off a cliff uh, while we were battling, which to me just made everything that much sweeter. Yeah, that was me. I fell off a building. 
<laughs> yeah, right? Okay, was it you? There we go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Destiny, what about you? What's new? What's been going on? Um, I just finished the DLC of The Witcher 3 Blood and Wine. Like, Ooh. I just finished, like, um, watching that. And so, because I feel empty inside, I've been going back and watching videos about the lore <laughs> and learning everything <laughs> I can about the world. And then I went back and I watched different endings. <laughs> nice. What did you think about like the like how stylistically different Blood and Wine is compared to the others? Um, because it's okay. like it's much more fairy tale like, right? I mean, like yes and no. Like I mm-hmm. know everybody's like Toussaint's so beautiful. It feels like it's like a, like a fairy tale, but honestly, it just feels like a nicer area. Like mm-hmm. it's it's still The Witcher. I didn't feel like you were stepping into like a different world. I did, however, feel like that when you have to go um, kind of free Saya and you step into that book world. Like obviously that felt like a fairy tale, um, mm-hmm. but in a very twisted, fucked up way, which I absolutely loved. Like right. Rapunzel hanging herself with her own hair. I was Ooh. just like not ready <laughs> for that. Right. So. Um, but nice touch, right? It was. Yeah. <laughs> but then I was like, because, you know, like, girl gets up in there really quickly. And I was like, why didn't she just use the same way that he came in to leave? Like, anyways, I don't know. And so, because <laughs> he just walks in there. And I'm like, why'd you hang yourself? Just, just walk out. Just walk- <laughs> Maybe it was but, one um, of those, like, child lock doors that can only op- open from one side. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, she <laughs> killed herself. Which is like it's sad because you know Rapunzel. Yeah, of I mean, like she could have just walked out, but um, yeah. So uh, just finished that. I've mm-hmm. also been playing Tome. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. T O E M because like I mm-hmm. got a code for it. So I've been reviewing that, and I finished my article for it yesterday. And then I got to nice. do a playthrough for our channel. Hell yeah. Um, Quick, still Benji. Well, before, before we get into your like review which is coming i know but like give us give us your thoughts how 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 what did you like about it what did you think about it um i really Surface like level. it so okay so i really mm-hmm. like it so far it's really cute um mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts is being able to take selfies with the random characters in the game <laughs> and uh, like nice. dressing up so it's i mean like it's it's dope like the idea of it is dope it's not overly complicated which i like Mm -hmm. like there are puzzles to solve and like you're kind of going on errands and you really are using your camera as a mechanic to get through everything in the game which i i like Mm -hmm. um and it does remind me a little bit of chicory Mm. and we both played that but just you know the mechanics different it's it's like a like a fairy tale kind of child's book right like it's something that everybody can enjoy right and the narrative design is really good and quirky in it it also reminds some of the characters also kind of give me the vibe of undertale like okay cool so i uh i know when i was playing through that i was like oh yeah this is kind of like these characters kind of remind me of the characters in undertale not as much um dialogue right they get to the Mm -hmm. point pretty quickly but overall the designs and stuff some of the designs, yeah. yeah. And then some of the way, like, the way they speak and some of the people that you meet. Because, like, the characters are all kind of weird looking, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. That's dope. Man. Um, oh, sorry. I know. Damn, Darren. Damn, <laughs> Darren. Damn. 
No. Okay, anyway, so as I was saying, um, I'm still binging Bob's Burgers. Yes. Nice. <laughs> such a good show. I love it Bob's is, Burgers it is. so much. Gene is the most annoying to me, though. Like, yeah. he, he fucking I love pisses him. me off. He's my so, favorite. No, he's so annoying. Like, you'll tell him exactly what something is, and he'll be like, no, it's this. And it's like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't think that's what it is. Mm. And he's like, no, it is. And I'm just like, he fat little punk like shut up <laughs> he annoys me he annoys him, me so much him and louise are my favorite oh my god louise them as the a best. team together is okay when it's just about gene he just irritates the shit out of me my favorite is um la tina because mm-hmm. i just yeah. tina is fucking like they could do a whole spinoff show of just her going through her daily routine and <laughs> I would watch Slice that. of Life. Give us yeah. a Tina Slice of Life anime. But um, so yeah, I've been watching that and I've been thinking of re-watching Archer from the beginning because it's been so long since I've seen it and I fucking love Archer. It's and I ending just started... soon too, isn't it? Oh, that hurts. I thought they just renewed it, but maybe... Maybe this is the last season because I know the thing. voice actress who did his mother passed away. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they might be ending it. But um he's been pretty busy between the two. Yeah. yeah. The the main voice actor. Yeah. Um and I just started um God, it's the it's from the same creators as Rick and Morty, which I love Rick and Morty. Um Oh solar solar opposites, I think. Solar opposites, yeah. right. I don't know how I feel about it yet. Also, because like the main character is obviously Rick's voice, but just toned down. So I keep yeah. seeing Rick. Yeah. Yeah. So Justin Roiland has it. a that's very recognizable voice. Could I just voice. say one thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so sorry. I interrupted. Um, but y'all need to watch Ted Lasso. Yes. Just watch it. Yes. I'll check it out. I love is it. it on, what is it, it on? Apple TV it's, Plus. It's on Apple Plus, and it's honestly worth the I have five. Apple Plus. Okay. Yeah. It's worth the five bucks. It's incredible. It is, it is incredible. It will make you feel things. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It'll. <gasps> oh, so good. Also, yeah, I just I finished David the Gnome. I don't know if you guys David remember the David Gnome. the Gnome. Okay, no. so it's like this childhood cartoon that came out when I was like really little. It's like 26 episodes. And like, um, it's the only cartoon I know where they deal with death, oh. kind of like okay. in your face. Um, so the last episode. Like, I completely forgot, because I had seen this when I was, like, seven or something, that the main characters die, and the mm. whole episode is them saying goodbye. And like, Jesus. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. I oh. was, like, crying for an hour after that. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Good Lord. It sounds like so, yeah. s- psychological trauma, the TV show. Holy crap. Well, like, it's it's for kids, but it's, yeah. it's like... Um, every episode is supposed to like teach you a lesson about being a good person. And like, so the last episode is kind of like um, teaching you about how like you don't have control of those things. And when it's time for, when it's someone's time, it's their time. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. But the thing that's sad is that like, even the characters are sad. Like his wife, Mm. Lisa is like crying because she's like, I don't want to leave our friends. And he's like comforting her. And he's like, yeah, I know. But like, everything has a time and it's our time to go kind of thing. Oh so it's like really hard when i was a kid it went over yeah. my head right. yeah but like watching it like i was just like i was like bawling and i was just like <gasps> you know like it, mm-hmm. it hurt yeah. so bad i yeah. honestly I just wish the way they went, went out like they all got sorry oh. they all got hit by a bus i thought it was gruesome 
<laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that would been... be a much different ending. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's like called Journey to the Mountains. And um, okay. because when you meet them, they, they kind of tell you gnomes only live to the age of 400. So when you meet them, they're 399. Oh, okay, so okay, it's okay, like okay. their okay. last year of life. But you don't pick up on that as a kid. And then no. at the end, it's like, okay, like we have to go. And they have Jesus. to say goodbye to everybody. Jesus and like Christ. I started crying when the fox started crying like his friend because he's yeah. like you have to go now like you can't come with us and the fox started crying and i was like oh my god i would have lost it yeah yeah i know it was sad yeah so don't was... watch it if you're not ready I, 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 was, I was gonna say like i i actually wish that more kids shows would deal with those topics because those are feelings yes. that some kids have to go through and work through and it's like yeah. their entertainment that can help them work through that those feelings so kudos mm -hmm. to them for, i wish for i understood yeah i wish i understood what it meant at that time i have a really bad time dealing with death i think mm -hmm. the death that hit me the worst was like my my kitty passing oh, earlier yeah. this year mm -hmm. um and i still cry about that sometimes like it'll just hit me so i don't mm -hmm. know what i'm going to do with my life or myself if like one of my parents passed away. Like, I don't think I'll be able to deal with it because my dad was very like shieldy kind of yeah. shieldy is not a word, but um, he, yeah, he didn't let me go to funerals or anything like that. So I just like, I've been to like maybe two funerals in my life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You get like, I know I find myself like, I, I look at my dad, I'm like, oof, boy, how much yeah. knowledge he's got left. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> and I was yeah. like, all right, now I'm bummed. Or like my dog's <laughs> 11. And I'm like, well, like realistically, I got one or two good years left. And I'm like, God, Joe, why am I thinking like this? Yeah. It's yeah. it's awful. I always think of that episode. Those of damn gnomes. Yeah. It's called because of those gnomes. I always think of that episode of Scrubs where like, the, it's like, I mean, and I mean, Scrubs dealt with death a lot. And granted, that's not a kid's show. But there was that one episode yeah. where it's like, it's basically JD focusing on like, what he thinks is going to kill everybody around him. And he's, it's like, mm. it's, it's difficult to watch. And like, I find myself thinking about that a lot and it's just like, good Lord. Yeah. On that. But, uh, anyways, it's a heavy Sorry. topic. I, no, it's okay. Really quickly. If yeah. there's a yeah. show you ever want to watch that like deals with it and it, it'll make you sad, but it's like uh midnight gospel. Yeah. Mm. That last episode of midnight yeah. gospel. It's, a, it's the, yeah, the last episode of Midnight Gospel. He he, the guy basically has a podcast and he brings his mom on, and she's like dying with cancer, and like yeah. they have this whole conversation, and it's it is amazing. It's so sad, but it is so amazing and yeah. like heartfelt. And you start the series not expecting that. I hate when they just like bam, but literally you could <laughs> skip the rest of the series and just watch that, and like yeah. it's a journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. Great. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, Shadow was another bus that took him out. Yeah, <laughs> yes. there you go. Those buses Those rampaging around. Yeah, that's right. Matt, what are you uh, up to? <laughs> uh, I have been completely lost. Well, I mean, I spent a lot of time playing Deathloop. Um, I haven't gone back to it yet. I keep thinking about it, but I keep thinking about going back and continuing on Juliana's side because, like, I fin I rolled credits on it. Um, but I want to keep going back. But I have been completely sucked into Tales of Arise. I cannot stop. Uh, I've put about 15 hours in so far. I just finished the third realm and it's, it's incredible. I honestly think that this, uh, like this is going to be one of my game of the years this year, I think, which is, I mean, after wow. death loop, it's going to be an interesting conversation when we get there. Um, but the graphics are fantastic. The, the, what's it called? The combat is almost like a fighting game meets 
JRPG. Like it, it blends together so well. The world is beautiful. The characters are fantastic. The story is actually pretty fucking dark. Mm. Um, and like I'm loving everything that they're doing with this. I've been a Tales fan since like Symphonia. Um, and this one could very well be the best Tales game by the time all is said and done. Um, so I'm I'm very nice. very excited to keep going with it. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, uh, Joe, have you, have you had an have opportunity been... to mess around with it at all? Oh man, when it comes to anything JRPG, guys, I'm so sorry. I'm just so sorry. <laughs> Everybody, well, first off, I try the demo. All these apologies. Okay. Well, because here's <laughs> the thing: go. I'm very blunt with my thoughts on most Japanese developed games and how they're overly convoluted and there's too many systems and they walk you through a tutorial for 25 goddamn hours. It's like, mm-hmm. stop. I don't want this overly complicated. All these characters act in such just you, you like caricatures and they, <laughs> they don't act realistically at all. They don't have any real thought to them. They're just like, Oh yeah, we're a caricature of someone overly happy. So we, I have to be overly happy or overly angry. Don't mm. talk to me type of type of thing. I hate that. I tried getting into Tales uh, with the demo, mm-hmm. and everybody was yelling in that demo. I had no idea yeah. what was going on. <laughs> everybody's grunting. Everybody's yelling. At the same exact time, everybody very attractive. So that's usually <laughs> my thoughts on, on honestly, on anything JRPG-esque. Is this mm-hmm. like, all it's going to do is frustrate me and confuse me sexually, and I just can't stand it. <laughs> I okay. Completely understand that. Uh, but unless it's but unless it's Final Fantasy VII, which <gasps> will frustrate me less. And honest to God, cloud in that dress. I don't know, man. It's, Wait a minute. In the original? No, no, no. The remake. Remake. Come on. I'm a man of of taste. I don't know. I didn't know. <laughs> it's, it's in both of the games, so I was yeah. like, he looks the same, but with pigtails. Yeah. Also, like <laughs> I know how that story goes, and I'm I'm just like, dude, why are you? Why are you? you know lusting over Aerith. it's like tifa is the girl tifa is the girl like go Team go tifa, f- yeah she's yeah, but, there like, that's how it is like he he knew tifa growing up so he didn't think about her in that way nah you're a guy you thought about it in that way cloud did you think about relationship in that way or fucking in that way because it's two totally different things <laughs> i mean i was like if i'm thinking of like a 12 year old me it's like a combination of both oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. if you're dealing with hormones you know yeah. um, it's, it's like big mouth <laughs> it really is oh my god i only watched the first season of that i could not oh it's <laughs> gets even yeah i'm that, sure that it show, does that show really got under my skin it like it, it like borderline made me feel uncomfortable yeah. Yeah. it did make me feel uncomfortable uh yeah. yeah which like i mean i had a bunch of my friends say like you would love this so i don't know what that says about me i did not love it maybe they just thought it was funny and they maybe. thought you would get a good kick out, a kick of, it. out I, of it i feel like when they show the previews to the show you're like oh this is gonna be pretty fucking funny and then you watch all the context as you watch the episode and you're like wait a minute these are all like preteens hilarious yeah. yeah i can't i i couldn't get into it I, but i don't care what preteens are thinking about sex yeah uh, <laughs> listen that that literally describes like me and my me and my best friend are sitting in the room we're like wow this this they really get it <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so for myself i i yes. love a good jrpg i i get suckered into the, the the themes of friendship and ridiculousness but yeah i'm loving arise it's fucking fantastic so nice. so good having a ton of fun with it and i can't wait to see where it goes next because so the tale series is infamous for being like you think the game is ending 
no, no, no. There's plenty left to go. So I'm very curious to see where, where the story is going to take me. I'm, I'm loving it. You're but, exciting me. Like, I want to try it out. I only tried sh- Bersia. Bersaria. Bersaria. Bersaria yeah. was dope, too. Um, but yeah, the combat. And, and to be fair, Joe, like Joe said, there's a lot of yelling. The characters are constantly yelling out their attack names every other second. I just get used to it very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I find myself saying it with them sometimes, just get into the spirit of it. Uh, oh but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm loving it. But we today are going to be talking about playstation shocker having joe from the trophy room on to join us today we knew that we needed to talk about some playstation stuff because he has some pretty cool and fun opinions so but we're not going to be talking about the playstation of the present when we had kyle on a few months ago we talked about some predictions and we're going to be doing something a little bit similar but also a little bit different we're going to flash forward five years in the future Let's say it is it is September 20th, 2026. We are five years in the future. We're going to talk about what where we think PlayStation will be five years from now. What is the gaming climate going to look like? Where is PlayStation going to be at? What's going to happen to some of our favorite characters and franchises? Who knows? Mm. So we're going to be talking about that today. Well, I want to start with perhaps maybe one of the easier things that I feel like we can predict, kind of Nostradamus ourselves on. Let's talk about the console itself, Okay. PS5 has been out for uh, just under a year now. We've already had a slight revision with the terms of its internals a little bit. Not anything that's going to change anything drastically, but just to hopefully get more of these to market. Uh, Joe, I'm, I'm going to start with you. Where do you think the console is going to be at five years from now? Are we going to have a slim? Are we going to have a pro? Are we going to have something that we're not even possibly considering in the framing of this question? Where's the console going to be at? Five Definitely years? there's going to be a slim model and a pro model. I think both of those things worked out greatly for the PlayStation 4 and for Mm -hmm. the Xbox One. I think anybody that thinks that these consoles aren't going to have a pro version, you're kidding yourself because they definitely are, especially with the chip shortage, uh, especially with how, you know, the global condition that we find ourselves under um, have kind Mm -hmm. of push development further and further back these consoles are going to be we're, we're going to have another 10 year console I, I definitely think that maybe 8 yeah. to 10 yeah. but <clears throat> thinking about getting more chips on wafer boards which is how you, you make anything electronic um, you have to shrink this board somehow and PlayStation has been hard at work trying their best to minimize the internals of the PlayStation uh, 5 so that they could get more chips onto wafer boards. And we're going to see that uh, next year, early next year. And I bet we're going to see that again as the tech improves and as they find smaller and smaller parts where they get the you know ray gun and they just shrink it a little bit. I, that's how technology <laughs> works, I think. And yeah, um, obviously. It did in Honey, I should I mean, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Rick, Rick Moranis <laughs> is still around, so, you know. I I it's great but um yeah, yeah so i i think we're gonna get a, a a slim and especially because the console is too big like let's be real this thing's shining it's, it's massive, massive. It's huge. yeah it's so i think big. also the redesign is going to be just pure black like yeah i don't know why they make consoles like white they, i think it's to, get, to to give them a premium look they went with the the dual tone but I also kind of think it backfired a little bit. I'm 
Yeah, I'm here to tell you that as a PlayStation fan and a stan, that this design is not their best. I really love the PlayStation 4 design. I think it's one of the sexiest looking consoles I've ever done seen. Mm -hmm. But this PlayStation 5, the fact that we have to screw on the stand is enough to say, yikes. The fact that like we've seen even their execs put the gate uh, put the console uh sideways the wrong way tells you that this design was a little bit obtuse so i think we're going to get a redesign yeah. in the way this thing looks um but i do like and i and i will argue i do like the v design of it i think that looks cool but mm-hmm. it's just not it's just not working so we're gonna get a slim we're gonna get a pro and i think what the pro is really going to be is akin to a PlayStation 4 Pro where it's not here to give us 8K cuz TVs they're not we're not going to be playing on 8K you know screens in the next 5 years. Yeah. Um so exactly. I think this is here to give us the native 4K, native 60, native 120 like God intended it to be. Um <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. what the Pro version is going to look like and that, that'll probably be the size of what we see the PlayStation 5 is today. And that's where I think that we're going to see the consoles in five years. Uh, multiple, multiple redesigns and, yeah, sh- smaller consoles. So, Destiny, then, to, to kind of continue on that train, when do you think most people will start to buy in? Because right now it's still impossible to find. And you yourself have said you want a PS5 when it's available. Do you think you, <clears throat> is it the, you know, the first minute it becomes available is when you're going to buy in? Do you think the Slim and Pros might come sooner because of the shortages? When do you think most people are going to start to buy in? Um, I think people are going to start to buy in when, as soon as it's available, like they always do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but what I wanted to add is I think within the next five years, this is just me like throwing it out there because there has to be so many redesigns and because they're probably not going to do like a brand new console for like 10 years, eight to mm-hmm. 10 years. I am curious to see if they'll do like, some sort of hand held version like a new handheld seems version seems to be all the rage right come now out in between that time yeah in between that time because uh switch has been such a big deal right um and while they're reworking like you said they're trying to make things smaller um so i feel like maybe around the time they may actually start to push out the slim they may really think about pushing out a new handheld version um, for people to play. And I think I would probably get that before I tried to kill myself to yeah. get a PS5. Yeah. I completely, <laughs> completely understand. And Destiny, you've actually already touched on uh, one, of, one of my future questions. So why don't we just jump into that? I, I love my PlayStation Vita as one of like the 11 people that actually has one. Um, <laughs> I, I, you do. I, I adore this little thing. So I'm going to ask Darren first, but then I'm going to open it up. Uh, Darren, do you think we see a new PlayStation handheld in the next five you know, years? Because I would be overjoyed. Yeah. Do you think it's possible? I I feel like my mind has been opened in the past like 10 seconds because like I was going to say no, like very definitively because I think while, although the PSP did very well for Sony, it still did not do as well as the 3DS, sorry, as well as the DS. And then... The 3DS, despite it being such a disaster at launch, went on to decimate the Vita. So I thought Sony would have learned their lesson. But what Destiny said about a handheld version 
of the PS5 has completely changed my mind because I think that makes a lot of sense because we have the Steam Deck coming out, Valve showing that you can put a gaming PC in a handheld. I could very much see Sony trying to get into that handheld market one more time, but rather than marking it, marketing it as it's a standalone separate thing with its own games, leveraging the games they already have, leveraging the PS5 games and saying like, this will obviously be a scaled down version, but you can take it wherever you want to go. You can play your game on your handheld and then transfer it to your PS5 at home just like they did, uh, was it, they called it like remote play for PS Vita mm-hmm. with PS4. Mm-hmm. Doing that again, except mm-hmm. this time it's actually physically a PS5. I, I could see that happening. I think that especially, uh, we just got the new uh, system software for the PS5, which now remote play functions over, uh, you don't need Wi-Fi anymore, it, fo- it functions over data. Perhaps that isn't their paving way. Joe, what about you? What do you think? Do we see a new handheld? It's dead, guys. We gotta, we gotta <laughs> move on. It's dead. The i the, no! the island was destroyed long ago during the cataclysm that was the PlayStation Four. Um, I think what's truly going to happen is cloud technology is going to get more impressive as the years go on. We're seeing it out of Xbox right now. You know, xCloud is getting there. I think Mm -hmm. in five years, it will be closer to being there where, yeah, I will flip open my phone, which is now folding eight different times, and I will be playing, you know, Horizon. I will be playing God of War on my PlayStation phone, or sorry, my iPhone via the PlayStation app. Mm -hmm. Your I wish yeah, they I listen. See where you're going. That was a cool. That they was tried, a cool idea. Kind of, yeah. Uh, so you think yeah, they'll no, leverage like PlayStation that's, now that's instead of? Uh, you'll think they'll leverage PlayStation yes. now then instead of trying to do something separate hardware wise. Absolutely, absolutely. I think the way they're pushing PlayStation now, they're starting to at least. They really do see things like Game Pass as a avenue, but not so much the only destination because their games are selling out like crazy. So like why, like Mm -hmm. real talk, Ghost of Tsushima director's cut. Let's be honest. It's just a more expensive skew, but somehow is the second most bought game in the, the month of, uh, of August. And it only had like six days Mm -hmm. of perform. So like their games do insanely well. They have no reason to put them on a service. Um, But what I think, they're going to be forced to do is leverage PlayStation now or just PlayStation plus to kind of counteract what is so cool about X cloud and game passes playing it on the go. I think we saw through the keyhole what they're trying to do with the remote app being able to be played on cellular data, but Sony is a smaller company than Microsoft and not having the, the infrastructure uh, in place right now. So I think they'll probably get close to there in that five year mark, but I mm-hmm. think they're going to definitely leverage PS now and PlayStation plus to make a robust service. That is what you guys want, which is a PlayStation on the go. I don't think it's 
mm-hmm. you're going to be able to shrink the PlayStation 5 to be a handheld in five years because it's just the tech is super impressive. But what you get to probably mm-hmm. do is play on a server farm full of PlayStation 5s on your phone. So I think that's that's where the tech's going. And honestly, if I'm Nintendo, that's when I start getting really nervous. Right? Yeah. yeah I, I don't soon, know soon. if Nintendo's going to get nervous. They're They've so been good. doing handheld since, like, Game yeah. Boy. I mean, I agree with you, but then at a point, I feel like Sony would be the only ones that doesn't have a way for you, like a stable way for you to play their games on the mm-hmm. go. Right? Because Xbox doesn't need that. Like, you have laptops. You, you know what I mean? So, um... I feel like, I don't know. I feel like they'd be the only ones who don't have a stable way for you to be like, hey, let me play some of my PlayStation games on the go. And that might really tip the scale. I don't know. I don't know enough about PlayStation. Mm -hmm. I mean, thinking thinking. about the Steam Deck, ooh. Like that, that. Yeah, I pre-ordered that. And that was dope as fuck. (laughs) Exactly, man. Like that, that Mm -hmm. thing's really cool to see. I think they'll probably see how that thing does. But I think what PlayStation sees is VR. And they're like, "Ah, we may think that there's more of a future here than portable gaming. I think it's a mistake. But Mm. that's pretty much where they're at. So then. Let's follow that thread <laughs> down to my okay. next question. I am a massive PSVR supporter. I love my PSVR. I cannot wait for whenever we get PSVR 2. Where do we think that VR is at in five years? Because we saw as PSVR came out, it they were very, very focused at first. And then in classic PlayStation fashion, support dwindled as the longer the lifespan yeah. went on. We saw that happen over and over again with a lot of their products that don't sell perhaps as well. But they were also very clear about you know, their intention with PSVR being kind of like the PlayStation 1. This was their entry point. Mm-hmm. With PSVR 2, five years from now, do you think it's as successful as it possibly can be? Do you think that it's going to be more commonplace than the PSVR? Or do you think we're going to be at a point where, again, it came out, the first couple of years were awesome, and then we see support dwindle off again? Uh, Darren, I'll throw to you first. Damn it. I was just trying to pull up sales <laughs> numbers. I oh. knew I saw you researching, so I decided to jump Damn in there. All right, all right. I have to be more off the cuff then. Yeah, I think um, wow. I'm trying to. Oh, I, and still, for the record, I will swear that on our bonus round episode where we talked about Legion, I did not research, even though normally I do research in the middle of. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my let god. it go! <laughs> let it go! <laughs> so, um, I think. Clearly, Sony thinks that PSVR is a viable idea for them. Otherwise, they wouldn't have announced PSVR 2 so early into the PS5 lifecycle. And they showed off the controllers. They're definitely Mm -hmm. trying to display that, like, we care. And what was even weird to me was there was a... I swear, there was an article a while ago where Sony was like, oh, yeah, we're not making any more PSVR games. Uh, PSVR games are done until PSVR 2 comes out. And yet PSVR games are still coming out. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of mixed messaging there. But I think in five years... I think they were talking about first-party stuff. I think they were talking about first-party stuff. We're getting a lot of third-party stuff. Moss 2 is coming out. They're making a Moss 2. That's That's not not first-party? Okay, I thought that was Mm -hmm. first-party. It was an exclusive. I confused it as first-party. But I think that in five years... Probably what they're trying to do is they're going to 
to be able to make money off of it, they're going to treat it more like a premium brand rather than try and chase, I think, what Oculus is doing with Oculus Quest 2. They're trying to make it a lot more affordable and a lot more um, just like accessible. And I think Oculus 2 sales are doing really well because of that. But I think because PSVR 2 is locked to the PS5 or is Oculus Quest can exist without hardware, they can go that model. Sony likes to treat themselves premium. And you can even see it in their advertising. Like when we, uh, Matt, you and I went to go see, or no, it's not when we went to go see, it was the PlayStation Showcase. The PlayStation Showcase opened with that like live action commercial for PS5. And the whole thing that that mm-hmm. showcase was showing was that like, we are the bougie system. We are the premium system. So I think they're going to try and leverage the good specs of the PS5 to try and have probably, I'm going to guess a headset that's the same price, if not more expensive than the original PSVR headset. And they're going to just try and go for top of the line hardware. And that way, uh, if the sales are low, they're still making good money off of it. I I think you have a point because I think that they know that, especially if they're doing all these enhancements, if they're making the controllers better, if they're making this thing less cables comparatively to the PSVR, I think they're going to have to put more into the quality aspect than anything else, especially like you said, you're going to need the PlayStation. It's locked there. You have a significant buy-in. I think they're going to want uh, that to happen. Now, I think the biggest thing that they're going to need for this to become successful is obviously the software. We've already heard rumors about the Horizon possible VR game. Uh, Joe, if, if, if PSVR 2 is a success, which of their existing franchises do you see coming to VR or adapted to VR, what do you think is going to be the kind of system sellers mm. for what this console is? So PlayStation's approach to VR is interesting because PSVR very much was a prototype that got so much steam that they they put it out there. And it is really a hodgepodge of all, all the PlayStation tech that failed into one giant thing yeah. that did successful enough. So like PlayStation Eye, PlayStation Move, um, even the v, the the Vita screen, like, like <laughs> they threw everything into that thing. So, yeah. um, to me, looking at that system, I think they're they're happy enough with the experiment that they're going to continue with too. But I think they also know what VR is, and it is still a niche product that mm. needs all the support it can get. <clears throat> you can't just keep buying, you know dev uh, dev projects or funding dev projects mm-hmm. if a quarter of that audience is actually going to buy that thing now playstation vr has a very uh, loyal and dedicated base but again very small so what playstation really needs to do is work well with outside parties like valve steam who want to see this thing succeed you need to get things like half-life alex on playstation uh, vr2 that's a must that's a definite this mm-hmm. thing can't be expensive this thing can't break the bank this thing needs to be somewhat affordable like i'm talking 400 dollars range and even then it's a niche um so they really like this thing if this thing comes out and it's a it's above 400 it's dead no one's i'm not gonna buy that that's way too expensive playstation's idea what they're going with is Okay, we see Microsoft being very 
bullish on their IP. We don't want to necessarily make our IP weaker by splitting teams up and making a VR game out of Naughty Dog. Why not the next Naughty Dog be able, or next Naughty Dog game be able to be played in VR or traditional PS5 and give the illusion of choice to people and give people the illusion of catalog as well so that when they go over to PlayStation VR, they're like, well, you know what? Horizon's on here. I already got Verizon, so let me just try it out here. Or, hey, I I got Uncharted. Let me pop Uncharted into my PSVR. I think you're going to see stuff like that. Uh, I don't know how successful that's going to be, but I, I definitely think we need more than like a Kratos axe throwing thing like the, you know, the Legend of Zelda's <laughs> crossbow yeah. training was. So yeah. they really, they have a, a, they got a balancing act that they need to do. And I think it's somewhat unneeded because as much as I love PlayStation VR, I don't know if it really warrants a sequel. And I would rather them put their money into, yeah, like a Vita 2 or something that is, you know, more more development on the PlayStation 5, the thing that you're really good at because your competitors are being really competitive more than more than usual. So for me, I'm, as much as I love PSVR, I kind of understand that this thing is incredibly niche and I don't know if it's going to be worth the investment. But if I'm them, I'm, I'm, I'm really developing in cross, um, cross hardware games. Mm-hmm. So then Destiny, <laughs> as someone who isn't that big into VR, and I mean, like, we know, like, I think you get motion sick, like I do, right? I mean, like, I've had a hell I've of a I've only cl- played it, like, twice. I haven't gotten motion sickness. Uh, okay, so maybe I'm thinking something. So then for yourself, then, let's say you get the PS5. What can the PSVR 2 do to make you someone that would buy into the product? Is it software? Is it games? Is it, like, being have able to, better like... games. <laughs> okay, so that's what it is. Is that the biggest yeah, thing? Yeah, have better games. I just don't feel like the games are there yet. It, mm-hmm. And um, kind of to piggyback off of Joseph, like, it's too expensive for the games to not yeah. be there yet. Right? So mm-hmm. um, I would not buy... What I basically consider an accessory to something that already costs, like, $500. I would just put that into an actually like gaming yeah. laptop or build my own C- PC at that point. Um, but yeah, I think one of the reasons why um, they're not so gung ho is because they know the games are not there yet. And in order for it to be popular, you have to have games that people are looking forward to playing using, you know, using it. So yeah. right now there's nothing out there that I'm like, damn, like that looks exciting. I can't wait to jump into that world. Like they're still working out all the kinks across the platform. People are mm-hmm. still getting sick. Your hands are going through shit. Like it doesn't look cool enough to yeah. me um, mm-hmm. right now for me to want to spend that type of money on it. But I hope that maybe in five years, it'll look like what I picture in my head. Like what we all picture in our head, virtual yeah. reality should yeah. be like, but it's just not yeah. there yet. So I think that's fair. And I think the biggest thing that they need to do going forward as well is we need to see this thing at a lot more of its conferences. We needed to have a much more physical presence in their showcases because PSVR, again, was there at first and dwindled yeah. hard to the point where if it even got a mention, that was like a drinking game thing, right? Is PSVR right. going to get mentioned in this in this state of play? In this Which whatever. is surprising because at I the think time, it needs that, more presence. At, I think it needs at the, the time that PSVR came out, despite it dropping off support, it still was the best-selling VR headset on the market. 
yeah. it sold better than all the other and, headsets. But do you do you think that's because it had the PlayStation name behind it and people are so I think it is. It was yeah, such a cheaper option because people already bought a PlayStation 4 and they didn't really piece together, well, technically this thing's eight hundred dollars They're like, well, I already have this thing and this thing's like three, four hundred. All right, whatever. It's only three, four hundred. They didn't really take the full scope of it. it. PlayStation VR 2 needs to do two things. One's gonna sound like a joke, but I am dead serious. Um and and the other is a real serious one. This thing needs to be untethered. This thing needs to work without a PlayStation 5. And or else mm. this thing is yeah. is done says. Look, they talk about having one cable, which is great, USB-C. That's why we have that USB-C in the front of the 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 console. That is great, but look at the Oculus Go. That thing is so successful because it is a untethered device. Give us the option of an untethered experience versus a tethered experience. Whatever that may mean or cause, PlayStation needs to do that. The other one that's going to sound like a joke, but I am dead serious, is um, you you need to have this thing access porn. And I know how funny (laughs) and weird that sounds. Seriously, though. Technology is usually dictated on the horniest demographic that's why you take a look at like why like blu-rays is so successful is because (laughs) of that industry and so you need to you know you i don't know you need to get on that cyberpunk ride if that's gonna happen no i don't think so i don't think so but it's it it is it is one of those things it's the weird conversation so 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 people can have like virtual sex yeah and and again play around with that (laughs) play around with that (laughs) that tech as well and support that tech as well so yeah as as weird i mean guys are i mean like women are too but guys are very very visual god it's not when that happens i am afraid you walk in and your partner's just like gonna come out yeah. <laughs> like I told you, not when the kids I are can't. at home. Turn it off. Exactly. Yeah. And also the one thing as well with this is it also needs to it needs to do more than games. Like um directors mm-hmm. I, I I I love Star Wars. Um and Mando <laughs> Mando does this good thing of having a virtual director where the director puts on an Oculus headset. It can actually direct in a virtual space. They see the room that they're directing in in that virtual space. That's cool. And again, direct while in it. So that's what this thing I needs think to do. That'll, as well. I, I think that'll happen. Not for PlayStation, but I think that will happen. I know that Second Life tried to do that, like teach classes in a virtual yep. setting. So um, moving forward, just thinking about education, I think that would be really cool, Mm -hmm. especially during something like what we had now, like the pandemic, being able to make it affordable and like students could just put on, you know, whatever they need to put. Yeah. Headset and learn with the teacher there. Like, I think that would be really cool. I mean, like porn is going to happen regardless, whatever game they're going to have come out, they're going, somebody's going to mod it to where you can see some titties. Or whatever you guys like to yeah. see in games, you yeah. know? So it's it's yeah. going to happen. I think the last kind of big temple that they need, I think, is sports. Mm. Like, I, when my dad once heard that, like, oh, like, you can actually – some like, and they were doing it to an extent on yeah. PSVR. It is possible. You can, like, watch a game front row from, like, you know, a basketball game or a football Ooh, game. and concerts. I, th- mm-hmm. I think that needs to be expanded a lot more for this thing to be successful. But – 
to to move on to to move off of PSVR. Uh, one of my final questions before we kind of round out the conversation: um, big franchises or revivals. What do you think five years from now are going to be the big PS5 franchises? Or and to to sec, to kind of build on to that question, any revivals that we might see that we're not seeing today? Um, because like for myself, I think you know a siphon filter comeback would probably make a lot of people very very excited. Ghost of Tsushima is obviously going to be incredibly popular. Whatever Marvel Universe Insomniac is building will probably see some sort of team up or culmination out of that five years from now would be my bet. If we don't have the game, maybe we'll see a teaser or a trailer. Wolverine and Spider-Man 2 will be out by then. Um, I think, And I think we're probably going to see some revivals. I mean, we're already hearing about Twisted Metal and stuff, but I think that Horizon is probably going to be massive. And I, 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 just, I just very much, mm. very much want... PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 2, I, I think that franchise deserves another shot. I think that game was fucking awesome, and I think it died way too soon and way too early. Um, and and I, I hope five years from now we'll be at a point where we'll say, yeah, you know what? All-Stars Battle Royale 2, that's a hell of a game. Darren, what about you? What do you think? I'm uh, I'm not ready for this question. Um <laughs> Joe, what do you, you think? Know, here's what I think. <laughs> the the one thing that we've seen a lot from PlayStation is synergy in this in this time around, this generation. Uh synergy between brands. You see with that Spider-Man um trailer, you see at the very end a dual sense like commercial, right? Um, mm-hmm. You saw with the weird trailer, they're doing all sorts of weird stuff. Some of it I like, some of it I don't. But the one thing I think we're going to see a lot more of is PlayStation Productions, the TV and movies division. I think what they're trying to do there is also a very challenging balancing act. Because what we're seeing is like with the Twisted Metal show, Anthony Mackie is now attached. Um, that That has to do two things. It has to be a great show and it has to be a great video game because if it's a bad show well people are just going to associate this good maybe good game with a bad show and not play it vice versa so to me i'm very interested to see how those things translate uh because i could sit you here and tell you there's going to be a new kill zone there's going to be a new socom and and all that and that's great but i think what playstation's really trying to do is capture people's nostalgia for the things that we we love or loved. So I think in the next five years, you're going to see a deeper rooted PlayStation cinematic universe, not in the vein of like MCU where they're all connected, but you're going to take mm-hmm. a look at hopefully out of the gate. They're great, but I know they're going to stumble. You're going to see a live action God of War. You're going to see a live action horizon. We're going to, We'll be on Uncharted 2, <laughs> the movie with Tom Holland. <laughs> um, we're going to see a lot more of that entertainment stuff within PlayStation. I think that's their angle because as a company, Sony, or as an industry, Hollywood is creatively bankrupt. And they're looking at comic books yeah. and video games now to kind of fill that void. And I think that's... Mm-hmm. That's where their head's at. I also think PlayStation is going to be a lot bigger as well, uh, studios-wise. I think we're going to see, unfortunately, the consolidation of the marketplace between PlayStation and Microsoft, and that makes me real sad. 
<laughs> makes you feel real sad. Next five, the next five years will be acquisition season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Destiny, what about you? What do you think? Where do you think we see PlayStation's franchises five years from now? Um, do, so... do we see God of War in in like friggin' Egypt? I know people are talking about that now. What do you want from it? I mean, like, I feel like that would that would definitely be dope. Um, I think because the series, the all the franchise is doing so well that like they'll continue to work towards putting him in different stories. I don't know if it'll still be Kratos. I'll be sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely see them like expanding it. Um, and kind of to piggy off of Joseph, I do see Sony trying to get into the movie game. I don't know if they themselves will produce it or like, I feel like they'd probably take a safer mm-hmm. approach and maybe do like deals with Netflix because Netflix has been so successful at making series, especially especially with The Witcher. Um, what I'm hoping for The Witcher is I hope there's more games for that. And this is just like something that I've been wishing for for the longest time. And I just fucking wish they would. And I really want a bully sequel. Mm. I would just love to have a bully sequel on the PS5 with updated graphics. I feel like we have the narrative designers who can like, show us how to like properly not that bully one was you know Mm -hmm. but i think we can take it a step further and i would love to see that brought back and revived um i think there are a lot of games that we can revive and i think right now we are in kind of like a revival even with hollywood like right they've they're remaking fucking what the lost boys and you know yeah (laughs) So um, I think they're going to go back. They're going to look at a lot of their successful titles um, and kind of bring those up to date, either with remakes or whatever, or just retellings of those stories. And I also think that this would be really smart of Sony to go and maybe partner with some old, uh, some developers on games that are really popular and bring those. Like, I, I really think they need to try to, like, not be so much as like we're sony and we only do sony things and i think in order to be successful in the future they really are going to have to branch out and be more of a team player that's that's just my opinion if they want Mm -hmm. to stay successful um and i don't mean like getting acquisitioned by microsoft or anything like that but i mean like really going out there and making deals for themselves so maybe that doesn't happen right like even making cross-play and cross-saves a much more oh easy process across the class across the platforms like that kind of stuff like you see nintendo and microsoft being kind of jolly about it and i granted it's nowhere near where it should be hopefully playstation kind of steps into that ring a little bit more i think you're right d i think we're going to need to see, to see some stronger partnerships for this to, for thing to continue being the king uh yeah, darren my, my thoughts are clear now and uh i think to get <laughs> To continue with the pattern of me, I guess, saying the opposite, what everyone says in this episode, um, I think that while I guess it depends on how the Uncharted movie does, uh, but I don't see Sony being very successful with trying to do uh, film and TV. Sony Pictures Mm -hmm. as a studio historically has been a bit of a disaster. They are bleeding money. They're not very successful at what they do. Um, and the only reason they're able to seem like their animation studio, I'll give their animation studio credit because their animation studio is really, really good at Sony Pictures. Yeah, their animation studio is their good. live action studio. Into the Spider-Verse, the greatest movie ever made. Yes. That yeah. was fucking yeah. Joke. Uh, yeah. 
I think like what you're saying, Darren, is is right. Like I think animation wise, they know what they're doing because animation is very close to like how you create mm-hmm. a game. Like the pipeline is very similar. But that's why I said I think they need to like make partnerships with people who know yeah. what they're doing. Like, for example, yeah, Netflix. I agree. I, I think if they yeah. want to be that successful, they'll have to take a page out of their uh, deal with the MCU where they let other people create their movies and, and things because it seems like they do best when other people do yes. things for them uh, uh, in the film and television part. Mm-hmm. But for games, I think based on how Sony's been through PS3 and through PS4, I think the next big game is probably going to be something that we've never even seen yet because Sony seems to be really, really good at creating new IP. So I, I'm going to go on a limb that in five years, they're like big hit will be some some new IP, whether that's from Naughty Dog or Insomniac or, or Sucker Punch or, or who knows, but I think it's going to be a new game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I All agree. Right. Fair enough. Then then my last question before we get to news, and I don't want any explanations. I don't. I just, I just want an answer. Okay. Let's say in the next five years, PlayStation figures its shit out. We have lots of cool controller colors. We're able to have different face plates. They actually make special edition consoles for the games that we care about. What is going to be the coolest special edition PS5 five years from now? And again, I don't want explanations. I don't want anything. Just tell me what is going to be the coolest one. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I think what we're going to see is I think we really, I really, I really do think we're going to see a really dope Spider-Man three PS five. I'm not even think it's, I don't even think it's going to happen with Spider-Man mm. two. I don't think they would have it fucking figured out by now. They have face plates. You could take off no problem, but they don't do anything with it. I think Spider-Man three, will see an awesome limited edition special console. Uh, Joel, let's go to you. Everybody next. knows it's been 2,372 days since the launch of Bloodborne. That's just common <laughs> knowledge. Uh, everybody probably expected me to say that last segment, but I wanted to be different. Uh, so knowing that I want a Bloodborne 2 so bad, y'all don't even know. You guys don't even have a vague idea. But I want to see a Bloodborne console. I want to see the respect that this game deserves. I want to see fans get rewarded after years of silence. I want to see a red on black console. I wanted to whisper crazy shit when I sleep. I don't know. Something weird. A <laughs> chainsaw blood oozes out of it at the witching hour. Whatever it okay. is, I need it. And I want it. All right. Uh, what I like I'm, it. What, what I'm asking for is a possessed console. No, that's <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, yeah. You, need, yeah. you need that thing to have the living embodiment of the <laughs> devil inside of it. Sacrifices um, you got to make. I think... I just want to see more options for customization across the board. I think that would be really smart not to just have like an exclusive that's going to sell out in a fucking day or two because of bots, (laughs) but going in and being able to have maybe like, I don't know, several skins of like their best games and then you could pick Mm. it. Mm -hmm. Right and pre-order it or something like that. I think that would be really cool. And almost like what Xbox did with the controller. Like it's just fucking like plain ass colors, but I was like, this is dope. I'm going to get one of every Sailor Moon yeah. design. Yeah. I think that would be really smart. Um, Cause I think they can do it. So they should just do it. Imagine matching your controller to your fucking system. Like, mm-hmm. and that's it. Just being able to like match the colors for whatever theme you the want. The way you I think- want yeah, I think that would be really cool. So, dope. 
Yeah. See, my, my brain is telling me that I want to agree with Destiny, and I think that's exactly what I would want to see moving forward. But my heart is telling me that I mm -hmm. don't want to answer the question because Joe already said the right answer. And uh, me and him can That's both right. agree <laughs> that the Bloodborne 2 console needs to happen yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Give us the respect we deserve, right. Sony. These are our demands. I hope you're able to get it if it happens. Yeah, I hope you do too. It's gone <laughs> in the first three seconds of existence. Yeah. Uh, like the fucking Xbox. I kept checking back for the Halo Xbox. Mm -hmm. Could yep. not get it. Yep. Uh, but that brings us to the end of our PlayStation discussion. We'll have to have Joe back on hopefully more times in between them, but also five years from now as a look back <laughs> to see how right we were in, in the future. Um, let's let's round out with a bit of news. Um, I'm going to be pulling this first story from IGN. This was written by Matt Kim. THQ Nordic 10th anniversary, every new game announced. Uh, I'm going to fly through these announcements real quick, and then we'll see whether anybody cares about any of them. We got Destroy All Humans 2 Reprobes, which is a remake of the original Destroy All Humans 2. We got Outcast 2 A New Beginning, which is a cult open world action adventure. Um, mm -hmm. It's a sequel to the 1999 one. We got Jagged Alliance 3, which is a first true sequel to Jagged Alliance uh, since 1999's Jagged Alliance 2. This is 1999 theme here. Expeditions Rome is a tactical turn-based RPG set in, well, you guessed it, ancient Rome. <laughs> MT MX vs. ATV Legends, which is the next MX vs. ATV game. And we got Superpower 3, which is uh, some sort of game. <laughs> yep. Elex 2 uh, is the follow-up to Elex, which is a 2017, which is an ambitious sci-fi RPG. And, of course, the big one that I saw a lot of people talking about on Twitter, SpongeBob SquarePants, the Cosmic Shade. We got a brand new SpongeBob game. The trailer was incredible. Let's quickly go around the panel, and I'm going to ask everybody for their hypest moment from this. Uh, Dustin, let's start with you. SpongeBob, you already yeah. know. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go back on my answer, and I just uh -huh. want a console that's like SpongeBob themed. There you go. Like, that's that's there you go. what I want. <laughs> but no, I was super, super excited. I love SpongeBob. I think we all kind of grew up with him. And I love that he keeps getting different IPs and movies and the series is still going. Um, so I was really hyped about that, which was weird because I didn't think a lot of people would be hyped about SpongeBob, but maybe it's pulling on nostalgia. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but yeah, pretty hyped about that. Helps that the trailer good. was dope as hell. Uh, yeah. Joe, what about you? What, what, what from the THQ presentation made you, made Man, you excited? THQ is such a company. <laughs> It is such it a company. Uh, no, I'm I'm excited for the for the <laughs> Nickelodeon Smash Brothers game. All I'm seeing, oh, I've just right. seen like the 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 tr like one trailer and screenshots. And how I know that this com this company knows what it's got and that it will go head to head with Smash. And dare I say, here's the prediction: dethrone it. <laughs> is the <laughs> fact that they're getting the taunts perfectly like the spongebob taunt where he's like bending over it with the dirt <laughs> face like i love it and the fact that it has like some impressive fighting net code apparently is is something is something else man i'm i'm ready for this game let's go hell yeah Darren, i would you? honestly like yeah it seems like they're targeting that game directly to jaded Smash Brothers competitive players mm -hmm. because it's like, yeah, we got the best net code. We got like wave dashing. We've got all this competitive stuff like come play it. So like, I hope that that Nickelodeon game does well because I, 
I mean, it looks fun. It's playing with my nostalgia. But what I wanted to highlight was Destroy All Humans 2 because that was a series I played the crap out of when it first came out. I loved the first two, Destroy All Humans. And I'm really happy that they're actually going through and remaking the sequel. I wasn't sure if the first one sold well enough to warrant it uh, because the second game's a lot better. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy that they actually have, have done that. So kudos to them. Hell yeah, yeah! I remember renting those games and enjoying them. Maybe, maybe Destroy All Humans 2 Reprobe is a good opportunity to jump back in. Uh, the next story I'm going to be pulling from was written by Tom Phillips over at Eurogamer. Undertale creator working on Deltarune chapters 3 to 5. Delta, Deltarune's 3rd, 4th, and 5th chapters will all arrive at the same time, creator Toby Fox has said. The second chapter of the Undertale follow-up Deltarune arrived last week. Following a three-year wait from the first, it is currently free, and his uh, Toby's next goal is to have the rest of the chapters available for purchase at the same time to round this game out. Uh, Darren, I know you're a massive Undertale fan. I know you like your Deltarune. How stoked are you for the second chapter, and how do you feel about the rest of it coming Yeah, I'm together? very excited to play the second chapter. I haven't gotten around to downloading it yet. I'm, I'm very, very excited to play it. Although, I know I read the letter that he posted, and he said he didn't want to disappoint fans by taking too long to make all the chapters. He's like, I, I feel like it's been a crappy world for the past year, so I just wanted to like give fans something nice and, and release chapter two for free to give them some to play. Um, and I appreciate that, but at the same time, I, I kind of wish he would just finish the game and and not worry too much about the fans because mm -hmm. this is not the kind of game that i feel like works in an episodic format like i've already forgotten mm -hmm. what happened in chapter one i have to go replay it again um so yeah me too like i'm i'm happy to pay as much as he wants for me to pay for the game but i feel like just like take your time when it's done it's done and, and release it Joe, what about you? Are you an Undertale Deltarune fan? Nope. Every time I look at this game, I'm like, what is this? What <laughs> I, I don't know. What it, it looks like it's an Atari game. I'm going to be real with y'all. I have no <laughs> idea where the movement is and how you interact with things. Apparently, there's combat. You could kill everybody or not kill anybody. It's all your choice. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm happy that you guys are happy. I'll say that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Destiny, what about you? Do you ever plan on going back to Undertale? I know you started it and you were enjoying it, but, you know, life happened and you kind of fell off of it. Um, so I watched somebody else play the entire game. Fair, Fair enough. And um, I think it's an acquired taste visually. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think the narrative design, like if you're not going to play it, at least go watch somebody play it just for the story and the narrative design because it is amazing. Yeah. It is it is so well done. They could have taken this and just made a book. Yeah. yeah. It's it's so well done. So like don't I I knew that like the way it looked kind of put me off and I was like I don't really like the character design or any of this. So I knew like going in I wasn't going to have a good time playing it, but the story intrigued me enough to watch somebody else play. So Joseph, I would say that if you if it doesn't look yeah. good to you visually, at least watch somebody play it because it is so good. Like the interaction between the characters, like the comedy is okay. on point. It is so okay. well done. I've yeah. watched a little bit um, of it uh, through my friend Joe after work. Shout out to him. He's the greatest streamer I've ever seen in my life. And uh, he was loving it. And I was I was loving his vibe to it. But it's just, it's, I don't know. It's Yeah, man. I couldn't play it myself. But I, yeah. I forgot who I, I, I forgot who I watched play it. I think I watched Manly Badass mm. Hero play it. 
He's an interesting streamer. Um, nice. And so, <laughs> yeah. I'm excited yeah. to watch somebody else play the new <laughs> <Yeah>. game. <laughs> I, I'm stoked. I'm with Darren. I think that the episodic doesn't really work for this. I'm happy to get more content out of it right now. I'm definitely going to have to go back and replay Deltarune Chapter 1 before I jump back into 2 because, good lord, yeah, that those stories are so, like, they're so narrative heavy that it's it's been a while since I played the first one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Our second last story. New rumor is reckon Quantic Dream is making a Star Wars game. This is coming from Vicky Blake over at Eurogamer. Now released from his three-game deal with Sony, Quantic Dream developer of PlayStation exclusives such as Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, and Detroit Become Human, have reportedly signed Ooh. a deal with Disney and is, reported, is rumored to be working on a new Star Wars game. Apparently, this is going to be more action-oriented and exploration-focused, including an open world and multiplayer elements, so is claimed. That's uh, a lot. That is, that is a lot. Now, Quantic Dream, a problematic developer with a lot of issues uh, regarding how they treat its staff and the, its leader, David Cage. Um, but, the, you know, and their games are very, very much an acquired taste. Um, Star Wars, Quantic Dream, apparently. Uh, Joe, Joe what, do you, what do you think? Oh, man. What a... F- <laughs> I hope I eat my words and I love it. But I think David Cage writes with a crayon and thinks he is like Shakespeare. Like, I think he, what he thinks, he really thinks he's profound. And it's like, no, dude, you, no, it, no, it's, it's like, it's like the kid that comes in to your English, like 101 class. And he's like, I just wrote something. The professor's gonna love it. Like, and then he gets, and, it. yeah, he gets like, let's, let's give him a C. And and he's upset, right? Because he's like, no, 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 this is this these metaphors went over his head, type of deal. It's like, no, 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 (laughs) no. Man, Detroit Become Human is a video game that exists. Um, You didn't like it? No, I really liked it. No, no, I really liked Detroit Become Human. Man, but I like heavy narrative design, so. that I think okay, I I'm not sure what you didn't like about it. The metaphors um, just that they're I like thought... it, they're not subtle. They're the most in your face like it's So you like a little mystery? Yeah, just give me something that's like th- that that makes me More a little subtle. yeah, a little subtle. Like don't have it like the robots are in the back of the bus. Like are we kidding here? Oh my, like that type of stuff. It's just, right, okay. yeah, that's, that's, that's what I don't like about David Cage. It's really in your face, blunt. Um, he's using his writing as a blunt tool. I don't even, it didn't even feel like a metaphor for me, I guess. I mean, I guess it is a metaphor, but I went in expecting that's what the game was going to be like. I expected it to, mm-hmm. to, to be like that, but play with its themes more um kind of like take take a take a movie like um oh god blade runner right where it deals with similar Mm. tones but does it in such a way where you could just look at it as like a fun noir you know tale you mean the first first one one? 
Oh, I don't know. I think the first one was pretty dark and made a lot of sense. Like there was definitely a divide between, like, I feel like in both, there's like this massive divide between androids and humans. And that's kind of like, whenever you get a game like this or a movie like this, that is always seems to be the focus. Like the mistreatment of the androids who just want to be seen as you know, human. They want you to know that they can think, feel, and love. Like, that's how it always is. Even at the end of fucking um, Blade Runner, that's his yeah, whole speech man, is about that before he yeah. dies. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's the the game basically is the same thing. It's the, it's the same thing. They Blade Runner, they're fighting because they're being treated poorly, right? right? And in the game, they end up fighting because they're being treated poorly. Like, to me, the metaphor is exactly right. the same. I'm not smart enough to argue this statement, but I'll say that you're right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, f- I yeah. felt, you know, when like that student in debate class thinks he has the perfect. <laughs> I just don't like David Cage. Um, that being said, like, okay. I, that's fair. That's a, I love fair. a good, Star I love Wars. a good narrative though. Like life is strange. Um, is I love that it. That so was very good. Much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I go into Star Wars, maybe, you know what? He can't tackle it with a, blunt instrument because star wars can be heavy-handed and hammy at times it's just like how do you deal Mm. with 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 a with a company that's never done open world action ever how do you do it Mm -hmm. as as that company and write a story that's not going to be divisive to what is one of the most divisive fan bases out there as a star wars fan Man, oh man, try to like if I tell my if if I if I go Dan, you know, to my brother Dan, Dan, last Jedi, he's gonna give me a tirade. If I go to my my buddy Joe, he's gonna give me a tirade of how it's the most beautiful piece of Star Wars entertainment. And like with a series like that, I don't know if David Cage is capable. I'll say that. But again, it is very like light versus dark type of type of themes so like good versus evil Mm -hmm. black and white so maybe he can do it i don't know yeah because star wars isn't really really about shades of gray so yeah no it's not it's a very simple story yeah (laughs) i'm very i'm very curious to see like similar like you mentioned joe like the game the quantum group has never made a game in this regards they've always been like you know the quick time events the the splitting narratives and i wonder how much of that will kind of live on in this potential Mm game um Anybody else? Darren, Destiny, anybody have thoughts on Star Wars Quantic yeah. Dream? I don't know. I'm worried about the multiplayer. Fair. Like, I don't know how they're going to do that. Like, mm-hmm. is it going to be kind of like co-op multiplayer where it's a couple of you like going against the dark side? Yeah. Or, yeah, that's really weird. Or is it going to be more like an RPG where like you're playing and like, you know how in an RPG world, you're always the savior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you always start out like you're the one who can save the universe and everybody else is the one who can save the yeah. universe. Uh, yeah. You just have your own specific stories. So I, I think know. Joe, I think Joe uh, summed it up pretty well when he was talking about, like, I think star Wars is the right universe for quantic dream because yeah, it's not a gray universe. It's very black and white. It like, I don't think, surprisingly writing will be that much of an issue for this sort of game because i'm picturing it'll be like a very kotor thing where it's like your character Mm -hmm. will decide whether they go to the dark side or the light side throughout the game and like they are a company that's used to making games with like multiple choice pathways and um i do agree that i think 
the writing in uh, Detroit was not to the caliber of a lot of other game companies. Um, I think that um, at least they have experience. If like, I'm not Detroit mistaken, become- David Cage wrote like uh, uh, like a like a, I have a dream speech in that game. Yeah, I, I didn't get that far yeah. in, and when I saw that cutscene, I was almost mortified. <laughs> yeah, there are there are sequences in that game that are bad, like really badly written, yeah. and like depending on how you play the game, you might not even see them. So it's like sometimes you can play yeah. the game, and be like, "Oh, this was great," mm-hmm. and then sometimes you play through a path, and you're like, "Wow, this game is garbage." But at the very least, that Honestly, game had the most like branching narrative out of all the games they've made so like i could see them analyzing that but yeah i just don't see how they do the gameplay wise they've never done a game like that before if if they did like i think her name was like kiara or like like kiara's story her story was it was was good connor's was had i think the most opportunity to make a really good a, a really good story that just it never hit that punch and then the other guy who was very attractive who was he it was by jesse yeah. williams jesse williams yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. and yes he's yeah. very attractive. I, I don't like him but like not not be, not because Why? of his acting Why don't his you... arc it was his character you didn't like his character i was like yeah. hey, <laughs> he made me jealous uh, uh, <laughs> yeah Aww. our our final final story very quickly because this is one for me that just of course it just grates me to my soul uh, i'm going to pull it directly from funimation written by george yang uh persona 25th anniversary website goes live teases december <laughs> announcement so if anybody remembers earlier this summer uh we got a uh, they were touting it as the year of persona that basically from september until the following august we're going to that. get yeah there's going to be a whole bunch of news a whole bunch of the teased seven mysterious oh projects. They've unveiled what the fuck the first one is. <laughs> and Jesus fucking Ooh. Christ, Atlas is never Atlas is Atlas. Um basically, uh, well, they're revamping their online store. That's cool. Um, <laughs> then they announced that all the animes would be available for streaming. You don't sound right. very happy. Hold on. <laughs> I'm not happy. Um and then they also said that there's going to be another uh, special 25th anniversary concert in November in Tokyo. Cool. So and then they said, come back in December for more. Oh, my God. No, no, no. This is apparently like the first the first Garage. thing. I mean, Every- like, I mean, like, that's pretty. I mean, come on. If that's no. four different things. Look, your love for this fucking franchise. <laughs> you should be excited regardless. Like, no. you should be excited. Like, you got excited over the fucking what's what character was that in that stupid Morgana. game? Morgana, Super ball. Monkey Ball. He got super excited about that. But he's not excited about this. I'm None of confused. this. They, 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 okay. The problem was the messaging from the beginning. They touted this to be this massive thing. And they're like, the anime's online. All the old anime you've already seen, it's there. And guess what? There's a there's another concert, which we already knew was coming. I just think that they completely mismanaged expectations yeah. coming into this. They I think that you just like, got super I'll, excited because you love the I, franchise. I will cut Matt some slack here because Atlas as a company... Mm. This is what they do. They are very, very bad at teasing something. Oh, and then, well, if you know they do that. Yeah, like they always tease something and it's like, it's coming. Then why get it's a excited? For another teaser is what they'll like to do. Okay, we'll see. Okay, so if they, if you knew they did that, why are you so upset? 
because it's Persona. I wanted to see Persona 3 remake. I wanted to see something cool, not fucking... Guess what? The anime's online. You it's already there. You have six more things. You have six more things. Calm yeah, down. Who's, the, who's the best girl for you, uh, uh, Matt? Who Who is... Is it Fatuba? In, wh- in which... Whatever her name is. Futaba? Futaba, oh, that's Darren's, that's best, Darren's girl. best girl. Um, Anne? In, in Persona yeah. 5? Anne or Kawakami. Okay. I like one of the Fatuba two. or Anne. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm surprised and, and you like that. Did you say you didn't really like JR? Yeah, no, no, no. I like, you know, the, the you know, they're they're attractive. Because you uh, uh, I don't know, because you're like, <laughs> I like this one. So because like, <laughs> here's the thing, the discussion around Persona Five is a strange one. First off, I played forty five minutes of it and I went, <laughs> I went <Yeah>. to sleep. <laughs> I took a nap. For real. What right when the cat Damn. was just like, You wanna go to sleep? I'm like, Yes. And I turned off my PS5 and I took a nap. <laughs> Yes, uh, so that's so the the conversation I always hear is like who's the best girl and mm-hmm. I was mortified when I found out because everybody's like oh Fatuba oh and she's so whatever and I found out this game is like they're a bunch of high school kids and I'm like what is yeah mm-hmm. what are we doing here gang what is <laughs> the same thing that men have been doing for a really really long that's fucking right, time yeah. that's I love men are I the like worst. You. You guys are, are kind of garbage. garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, men, men are by far the fucking worst. But, but we you know, try. It's not the worst. We try. Some of you us give sometimes. us too much room. Uh, like, oh, I could fix them. It's like, no, nah, we're we're gonna remain broken. <laughs> okay, I don't ever try to fix a dude. I accept their brokenness. <laughs> Thanks. That's true. Number one. That's I true. Don't, yeah, you know that for a fact. Like, I know oh, that for a to, fact. Capital used to be a thug. F. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that brings us to the law. It's the end of this very extra special long episode of the Burnout Writer Podcast. Joe, thank you so much for joining us again. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Before we go, can you please hit us with all your plugs just one last time so people know where to find you? Let's do this. As an old man, as a recording, we're reaching 10 o'clock. And I'm now feeling it. I'm now feeling like, oh, I got to wake up at 6. I got to get my melatonin, you know? Uh, But you can find me over at Mr. Badbit on Twitter where sometimes I say some witty stuff. You can follow the Trophy Room over at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. We try to make that one as positive and... um, as fun as possible that that Twitter feed because a lot of Twitter, let's be real, it's a yeah, it's yeah. garbage. It anyway, nonetheless, it really was for so many reasons. Like from <laughs> 2016 to now, you know, uh, you can follow the show at the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast, over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Please, 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 uh, I I say this on Twitter at least weekly, five star reviews really do help the show grow it helps shine a spotlight so after you're done rating this show five stars on itunes or apple podcast rate the trophy room five stars there as well and you can find the trophy room the video version at the trophy room show on youtube and guys thank you all for having me this was a lot of fun i had a a thank you thank you so much for coming i I love that all of our guests come away saying that like I had yeah. a lot of fun because we want you to have fun even if we're talking exactly. shit. Like how David Cage writes Isn't with that... a crayon. I will die on this hill. <laughs> I, I still think that was my favorite part of the episode. It's like, you know that kid in debate class perfectly delivered, excellent line. Joe, I hope you'll come Absolutely. back and talk to us again in the future. It was an absolute pleasure having you. Everyone, make sure you like, subscribe, and share. Leave those five-star reviews for us and the Trophy Room. Find us all on Twitter. All the links will be in the description below. For Burnout Brighter, 
Thanks for watching. We'll see you on the next one. Later. Peace out. It's a banger of a show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm going to make sure to clip that and send that to Kyle. I'm sure he'll be very, very happy. Yeah. Uh, him and awesome Dave in the community will be ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs>